Welcome to a PitCast special report. Uh, we have a supremely goaded and honored guest for you tonight. Uh, but before we introduce him, my name is Tyler Edders, and I am joined by the illustrious Bob Agra, aka Non Basic Land. Bob, what's hey, up? Hey, Tyler. Hi. Oh, how are you? I'm well, and you? Good. To, good to talk with you. I'm doing great. So yes, uh, you've probably already read the podcast title and description, but uh, I am humbled. Lords of the Pit are honored to introduce a longtime friend of the podcast, sleeper agent, soldier of fortune, the mayor of Team Sirius, and most importantly, your 2022 Eternal Weekend Vintage Champion, Raja James. Raja, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thanks. Thanks, Tyler. Uh, yeah, man, I thought you were going to uh, say Lord's House runner-up. and <laughs> <laughs> Champ, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's awesome to be here, and thank you for asking me to uh, come on and go through the match and talk a little bit about the deck, because it's been a wild week, well, two weeks really, since I kind of decided to play the deck until now, so yeah. Yeah, that whirlwind of preparing for the event, agonizing over your deck list, and then actually win the thing. I imagine there's yeah. all this, all this stuff that happens after you win an event like this. Uh, <laughs> I've never experienced that, but <laughs> oh man, I mean, nothing. You know, I'm not like getting uh, sponsorship offers or sure. anything, but no, just the 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 high of the event, the difficulty returning to the real world of work. Uh, this past week and trying to focus on that. Yeah, the context uh, yeah, uh, yeah, and also trying to not have anyone at work find out. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Raj, how how are your people sort of reacting to to what took place, and do they sort of get the gravity of it? Uh, you know, I really only shared with my boss because uh, I had to take the day off, you know, to go do this, mm-hmm. and you know, we're pretty close, I would say, and. I, I told him, he's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I said, uh, you know, I'm going to I'm going to do this thing's magic. And he was like, oh, okay. He lives in Portland. And mm-hmm. uh, so I think, I mean, he's a cool dude. He's like, that's awesome. Cool. And then I didn't even say anything about it, but he remembered about it. And he brought it up in our meeting on Monday. And he's like, all right, wait, wait, wait. We talked about all this work stuff. What happened with the thing? And I was like, ah. I won. <laughs> and then he wanted to put it on like the company wide oh, no, you no, know, no. bulletin board or whatever. I'm like, no, no, we're not doing that. And he said, Oh, people would be happy for you. I said, I know they'd be happy for me, but they might just view me slightly differently and we need to keep the right. you know the air of I, I manage people I have like sixteen directs, I think. Sure. Uh so I don't know. I don't care that it's, much that they care. If they, I, I think some of them probably play Magic, but I I'm just sure don't do. want to have that personal. Yeah, thing it's, it's, it's just a confusing <laughs> yeah. boundary to navigate, the Muggle boundary. Like, how, how much, Indeed. You know, like, I've, I've taken to just telling people I'm going to play board games with friends because it's easier yeah, than explaining right. cards yeah. or mad. Like, it's just, yeah, I'm just going to play games with friends, whatever. I'll share quickly a quick anecdote about my mother-in-law she for i've been married my my anniversary was uh last week and uh so i've been married for 10 years and up until this past summer my mother-in-law thought i did magic tricks yep uh and so she so for nine and a half years but then that begged the question to me uh why have you never asked me to show you a trick uh and i think maybe she thinks that's bad etiquette uh, you don't yeah. like ask a magician to to perform. So, mm-hmm. but at the same time, <laughs> it really blew my mind that uh, she just never asked. Uh, so, uh, but she found out because she said, "Oh, you know, your son, my son, he could do that. You know, magic in the in the talent show." My wife's like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah. <laughs> she That's meant uh, performing magic in the talent show. Yeah, so. adorable. <laughs> oh. <laughs> For my next trick, I will win Vintage Champs. Oh man! Yeah, it's, you. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's. I think it's. It's sort of hard to quantify the whole scope of the of the enormity of it, though, because like I think people don't. Even people in Magic, 
think about how many tournaments there are, right? There's there's so many tournaments in all these different formats. No, there are not that many vintage tournaments in paper. Like, really, you could count on two hands the number of named paper vintage events worldwide. So, you know, it, the scope of it is just unbelievable, and you've been pushing to get over that hill for so long. So, you know... It's amazing what you accomplished. And so you took a deck that really came out of nowhere, came out of these commander card printings. Yo. You know, it's uh, it was just sort of taking shape, you know, when you when you decided to pilot that for the big event. How did that how did you come to that choice? Okay, so I've been working on the write up. And so I have a lot of this uh fresh in my mind. Um I was not high on any deck, but I was definitely going to play the event. Um, so I'm a big signed card aficionado, and I have the Hogak deck, like an older version of it, almost fully signed. Yeah. But I don't have Endurance because that's not, that just came back. Like it just got the note from Mark. Oh, it came back. So. I I, w I, w I was like, I could play maybe a suboptimal deck that has almost fully 75 sign, and that would be cool. And then I could try Definitely to get on camera. Pink. You know, I try to get on camera and show that. Uh, and so if I was going to go that route, I was definitely going to go show my deck <laughs> to them beforehand and be like, you should put me on stream like before mm -hmm. I do poorly. Mm -hmm. uh, but <laughs> because I, I said to my wife before I went, that was kind of my goal to do better than the last time which was 16th and also get on camera an and i said out of those two yeah. things i probably can't do the you know better than 16th but i could possibly get on camera so that's why i was angling to do the sign cards and to, and try to get on camera that way uh just to show them off because it is like you say one of you know very few paper vintage events that's also full um you know non-proxy if you will right. i mean it's it's weird to say it that way but mm -hmm. uh that's what it, you know it's it's sanctioned magic right you have mm -hmm. you have to use real cards we all play proxy magic so of course we know what that is and then accept that world fully we all you know in this conversation do right so it's yep. it's weird to play sanctioned magic in a way because i had to acquire cards <laughs> yep. that was one of the actual hurdles to playing this deck um so i was going to play the bizarre vine deck with hex drinkers also unsigned um but uh, all cards i could get signed eventually anyway let's not talk about signed cards too much because <laughs> that's a big tangent uh so because this doesn't involve a lot of signed cards i had to play a ton of unsigned cards i had to acquire real cards and so what i did um was i had the hex drinker bizarre deck i was on that if you go if you go to the saturday before uh vintage uh, the romancing the stones had their invitational and Brian Hockey played this deck in that Invitational. I had not seen the deck operate. Joe Dyer had talked the deck up a ton in our Slack uh, yep. because it did well in the EW uh, Asia Vintage, which was paper, mm -hmm. which I didn't realize was actually paper. I thought that only in North America was paper. Uh, that deck was not fully powered, and that was known to availability. Uh, hockey picked the deck and rearranged a bunch of stuff, borrowed stuff from Legacy Tech, and came up with what I thought was really good list. Um, and he played it, and he won their Invitational, mm -hmm. which is a split event with Middle School and Vintage. You can go see that stream too, but that's basically where I saw the deck operate and realized what it did and how it worked, and then. I said, okay, I'm going to play that deck, <laughs> uh, yeah. but also because it was it was a new vector, and I couldn't see how any of the existing decks could really interact with it well mm -hmm. without mm -hmm. fully yep. retooling, uh, and to see how he just manhandled these decks on camera. And again, I would encourage you to go watch it because it's just it's a it's epic the way he he just man. I mean. Yes, there's some vintaging going on on both sides in these matches, mm -hmm. but it was just impressive to see. Um, so the yeah, main thing I mean, that I didn't understand was the forge, right? Right. Yeah, I was just going to ask, how, how many times did you have to explain to other players 
<laughs> interactions like was it just like a normal thing it's like oh yeah like, this uh, is how, you know by the end see. of the day yeah. by the end of the swiss most everyone had seen it or played against yeah. it so everyone was kind of like okay yeah tell me what you're gonna do mm-hmm. uh explain you know they kind of understood what was gonna happen uh but there's a lot of keywords uh yeah. in the undercity mm-hmm. uh so so not all the keywords are well known but so, so just the, back the on the deck was, choice oh uh, yeah. yeah just back on the deck choice yeah i saw i saw hockey playing and i saw what happens where four jets two plus one plus one counters that's the second room of the ender city and the third room is trap which is uh lava axe uh, five five life mm-hmm. so the the smallest power of one of the initiative creatures is three so if you add two to three it's five and nice you add math. five to that that's ten mm-hmm. and the that damage stacks up so fast uh, and that's what I really didn't grok when Joe was talking the deck up. Yep. And that's when I decided to switch to the deck. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice. Then it was, can I get the cards? Right. So um, uh, talk us through how that played out. So basically, Running yeah, I just <laughs> I made the deck list up. I went back and forth on what you know. I so I found one vendor actually in out of New York that had every single card. Uh, that wow. I needed for the deck, which was basically every white card. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and Cauldra Complete. I, why would I have that card? Um, I don't own an Imuzawa's Jute either. Uh, but oh my whatever. gosh. Um, yeah, That's just hilarious. I never play creature decks, and like that goes on a creature normally. So. It's, it's Unless you're playing, you know, Death and Taxes and Legacy, there's many cards that, you know, a, a normal, you know, magic, magician. Yeah, so list wise, yeah, I needed Solitude, Dungeoneer, Jailer, Loran, White Plume. Archons are out getting signed, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, perfect. Talia um, is one uh, that. I have just been waiting to try to pick up a signed set. They're not super easy because it's two artists on the original. Uh, right. I do have a signed, signed Mental Misstep, Trinisphere. All the rest were fine. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, so I had to buy every white creature, basically. And this this place, uh, Last Save Point, I think is their TCG handle. It's Last Save Arcade in New York. Shout out. Uh, basically, I... I ordered the cards. I messaged them on TCG. Can you overnight these? And they're like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the order was big nice. enough that they didn't even ask me for anything else. They just they got them in the mail that day overnight, and they Incredible. showed up in my house the next day. And uh, I had to go pick them up at the post office, so that wasn't until Wednesday. But I wasn't driving out till Thursday. So wow, still kind of um, really close. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man, uh, for sure. And basically, I was resigned to like if I don't get the cards, I don't get the cards. Yeah, but just play the Hogak deck or something. Or, yeah, like, yeah, and have borrow fun. them from friends or yeah. And yeah, no, I just wasn't gonna sweat it. I was mm-hmm. just gonna play Hogak and have fun. Um, so it yeah. seems like in in how you crafted this deck that stoneforge mystic was quite a novel addition i you know other versions of this play spirit of the labyrinth in that slot can you talk about that yeah for sure so all if you notice the only cards in the deck that you can cast force of vigor against besides the mana are uh chalice and uh trinisphere and uh, that is explicitly uh, yeah. on purpose. Uh, so that is why we cut, we, I say we, but it was really hockey. He was like, dude, you just have to cut the sagas and the spirit of the labyrinth because they are the only target for the force of vigor, mm-hmm. right? So uh, if you just let them rot in their hand, they're going to discard them, oh well. But they might be holding up force of vigor waiting for some juicy target. Uh, which may put them behind a half bizarre activation, for example. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> a lot of different ways that that impacts uh, like the other player. But on our side, what it does is basically allows us to be f- pretty fearless of that, you know, force of vigor. And you know, if they get your get your get our mana early, then oh well, kind of. So, so that's why Spirit of the Labyrinth is gone. Um, because it's just, it's a 3-1, and it doesn't do anything in the mirror. It just sits that's there. the other yeah. thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it doesn't do anything in the mirror either. So, yeah. Well, I think, I think we see the way, uh, Cauldra shines in the finals here. Um, so tell us, what's your mindset going into the finals? You know, you've just rocked through, was it one or two Doomsday decks in the top eight? 
I did not play against Doomsday. Oh, okay, I played. Uh, no, yeah, no, no, you're fine. I played against the Mirror Match, uh, right. which which had Spirit of the Lab, and uh, I won. In fact, because he still had two in his deck at the in the in the third game. Uh, wow. He should Yikes. have probably had only one left in his deck if he sideboarded the way we had thought he would. But I mean, he wasn't far off. I think he only had those two left in his deck, but. But he had them in his five, um, and he and they were just generic three ones, and they couldn't do anything to advance him. Um, so yeah, definitely uh, that showed there. So so that was really, you know, I, I I wasn't trying to think past that. We tested that match a bunch, um, and uh, shout out to to uh, Good Stu Ziernik from uh, Romancing <laughs> the Stones. Stew. Um, yeah, he played the white deck on Friday also, and he basically got the bad variants, right, in the Swiss, where he would get the hands like all mana or all creatures. He was mulling to five and uh, six and five a lot, he said, throughout the day. Um, and so, you know, he knew that that variance could happen. And I was really depressed after the testing because I was losing the match um, based on our testing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but, you know, Stu did a lot to keep my uh, hopes up uh, during the testing. And then uh, Stuxnet, Stu Ziernik was like, dude, you guys have the same mana, right? So your bad hands and bad mulligans, like he could have to mulligan also. So just, I mean, it's just vintage, right? So <clears throat> don't worry about it. Uh, but realistically, I was uh, I won two of ten games in the game threes that we played, which is basically assuming that I would be on the draw. Um, and uh, yeah, so twenty percent of the games was pretty depressing. Uh, but we just had to finally hang that up and go to dinner. So the point I'm making is that that was really I wasn't thinking past that really. Um, sure. But I will say, I did get to test the Hans deck because oh, my homie Mike was playing Hans in the first round of the top eight. And Tweety was playing the test matches with Mike, uh, but was getting shit hands. And so Tweety was getting frustrated, and I was getting frustrated on my, on my testing. So I said, let me, let me play the Lavinia deck. And so I actually played a match against Mike with the Hans deck. So I had, a, I had a kind of understanding of how it worked and mm-hmm. the hands that he really wanted and that were really busted. Um, and I understood that he needed Dreadhorde Arcanist and I understood he really wanted to get his Lavinia down quickly um, mm-hmm. to try to stop if he's on the play because uh, he was the top seed. Um, I knew that he would want to do that. But overall, my mindset was sky high. I had just smashed my semifinal opponent to zero and um, I was just waiting around basically. Hans's yeah. matches were like quite long Slogs. but again yeah. yeah I mean he had he had a blue uh, blue versus Hogak round one yep. and he had to that's, he has to think a lot to not lose there you know there's mm-hmm. a lot of lines uh, his deck has I mean to not lose that match I and mean, he probably was thinking the same thing. I just have to get back to the quarters and then, right. and then I can get to the finals, right? So, and then he had to play, he had to play the Doomsday deck, which was like, uh, you know, very nerve wracking, uh, I'm sure. So, um, you know, we sit down and, you know, like I say, he's, he's very, he's a boss. Uh, he's, he's got a vibe to him, but he's a super nice guy. He smiles a lot when we sit down and I'm not, uh, feeling too nervous i guess and i just i'm i'm out of my mind thinking that i'm here and right. I, you know i'm thinking hey uh uh you know i feel like i have a good chance to win it you know because of the composition of his deck he only has three swords total if i recall correctly from our listings mm-hmm. uh one in the main deck two in the sideboard so um if, and, you know he has less swords than Stu uh, Summers did uh, my my quarterfinals opponent right. He has four in the sideboard, so uh, I'm feeling pretty good about it overall. But there's a lot of ways that I can lose. Um, this vintage, right? So um, well, you you, yeah. you seem very dialed in throughout the whole <coughs> match. So uh, Tyler, how do you want to kick us off here? Yeah. So uh, we're just gonna hit play on this 
on this video, and if you want to watch at home with us, uh, players have just drawn their seven, um, and we're just gonna we're gonna talk through this as we go. So uh, no mulligans, game one. Yeah, I'm gonna get my my notebook out. Uh, so I'm I'm the fourth uh, third seed, and so I'll be going second here. Got it. Hans is first. Yeah, he was the first seed. And there was no mulligans, correct? <clears throat> All right, so he plays the fetch land and passes. You throw a beautiful dragon. Now, I'll say here, if he has a force, you know, we talked about it, like, he, if he has force negation, and you don't pitch a force just on the Mox Pearl, but, like, you don't want me to play a cavern because right. then you can't counter it anyway. So if it's just Mox Pearl, Mox Pearl's like the best Mox. Like if he had Definitely. a counter after this, I mean, he, I might have, if I was him, I was surprised when he didn't Ancestral in response to the Pearl. Okay. Yeah, it's definitely a consideration to immediately attack the mana. Absolutely. So, you know, he definitely has to respond to the Thalia. But that told me that he has not lot, probably a lot of experience against the deck since it's obviously very new. So I didn't, mm -hmm. you know, it wasn't surprising he didn't have a lot of experience against it. But I, if he had countered the pearl there, I, I think I have a play the play the next turn. But uh, you know, it obviously stops Talia there, and you get the ancestral. Yeah. You know, yeah, some ancestral resolves. Looks like Talia well, resolves. He, he he may not have had the counter magic either way right yeah so after ancestral talia resolves yeah you're right talia tyler um and that's and a, that's a beautiful strip mine you've got yes, yes uh, someone <laughs> on stream actually line. did identify it they were like <laughs> it says kitty cat club it's a strip club altar <laughs> love it <laughs> so when he cast ancestral too i'm just like okay well this is vintage uh you know he's gonna yeah. draw three cards I'm hoping he doesn't cast an Arcanist right here, right? Because um, mm -hmm. that attacks into Talia very nicely, and and that's going to recast the ancestral, and that's going to be yeah, bad news. Bears. Right? Awful. Yeah, that's Talia's one of the best turn one plays, and in general, in my deck, you know, I'm going to mulligan to turn one action, and again, like I just got a really nice variance over the course of the, the tournament with a lot of hands that had turn one action in my six or seven. Yeah, is that Check. kind of your main consideration when mulliganing with this deck is like, do I have some action pretty early? Yeah, or like, um, <clears throat> you know, do I have consistent plays, you know, if mm -hmm. I can curve out, mm -hmm. even curve if I out. can't do it on turn one, if I have turn two, turn three, turn four plays, then maybe I would keep those hands just because weirdly right. vintage decks can't handle that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it's nice to have something to sort of bait, bait out to, and then you can s sort of hold back the, the more intense, uh, uh, cards there. So he's deep in the tank here in turn two. Well, he's the Talia attacks, right? The Talia attacks yeah. is, is tanking him because he has Lotus to decide. And Lotus, you know, free Lotus would be awesome here because he could fetch his Lotus next turn or something. But like now, it's just even playing it from the yard. He has to pay a mana, and it's just I'm, t I'm reminding him, you know, Talia, <laughs> gentleman, and is, you know, yeah. <laughs> well, you can see my face there. Like I'm just waiting. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I want to see what he can do with what he has yeah, right. and i know i'm pretty sure i have archon in hand and i, I think we're going to see that come down that's the yeah. card i really want to resolve and and i don't have a, a cavern i believe so uh i have to lay up planes i think is going to yeah, yeah. So, so like the i really wanted to rip a cavern off the top right um sure. <laughs> to to resolve this um and this will get forced and and like you know, <clears throat> this is brutal and in testing, you know, the, the two clauses. One spell is fine against this deck in general, uh, but the, like, lands into play tapped is is brutal against him. Oh, yeah, it's back backbreaking card against uh, any blue deck and any 
any tempo uh, uh, play there. Uh, Alright, so he goes back and draws on his turn three. And I think this... I think he plays the uh, Arcanist here? He's counting maybe, like, he if he makes a land drop, he could crack Lotus, fetch Lurus, play Lurus, replay Lotus. But oh, if he yeah. doesn't have a land, then, and, but that's also, like, that's that doesn't advance his board too much. Oh, waste. Forgot that play. Um, he wanted to maintain his colors, obviously, there. Sure. Um, and he could have done the play that I described off the Lotus, fetch Lurus off the, uh, the lands, right? But I, I'm not sure. You know, he wants to get that ancestral again. Oh, yeah. I mean, which is exactly what you're trying to do with Arcanist. I mean, it's not uncommon to just, you know, the game gets so out of hand at that moment where Ancestral goes back on the stack from the graveyard the first time. Okay, so... Alright, so we we see the first initiative of the match here with the uh, White Plume dungeon. And and my thought pattern here, instead of wasting, is definitely just uh, white plume is going to kill. Can you know? Will block very favorably against right. the arcanist. So unless he has a removal spell, he wants to spend. Um, he's going to lose his arcanist to get that ancestral. Yeah, yeah. Which is the trade you you really must force at that uh, in that slot for sure, for sure. And it really does sort of it, it adds a, a really strong clock with the you know dungeon. Yeah, so I did the secret entrance uh, and fetch a planes from the secret entrance. Um, this was a really crucial play, um, you know, yeah. in my round eight match. Uh, <laughs> uh, but we won't go into that. That was <laughs> we made it past well, there. We're here we, now. Is, you know, it's never a bad time to pu- to put a basic into your hand. Oh yeah, no, basic planes confirmed. Best color in old school. Best color in vintage, yeah. apparently. That's what's so fascinating about this deck to me is it's uh, the mono-white deck. It's like all the cards have really interesting synergies with each other, and you can draw them in different orders and different combinations, and I feel like that makes it really resilient. Absolutely, and the only hang-up there tyler is that like it's hard to draw more of them you know but the the mechanic of the undercity can propel the game state forward without necessarily having to be drawing new cards i was just making sure he was targeting himself with the ancestral uh yeah you gotta check i always check and people are pretty mad he forgets to exile the ancestral, which I didn't notice during the game. But like, I obviously would have noticed when he goes of to cast it a third time. But <clears throat> maybe he has. I don't think there he's trying to skeeve me. Yeah, there's a judge there. Didn't take uh, long. Only but again, a like this guy is a, like plays a lot of MTGO, so like it's just it's gonna exile it automatically for you. Right. Um, so he does he does cash in his uh, Arcanist for the ancestral. I block with the white plume there. And then he makes yeah. a Lavinia, uh, which is fine. It's it's waste. It's you know it's late, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I four now. So the forge is you go into the forge and you move to a one-one counters onto Thalia, which is, I mean. Italia is already a pretty strong blocker, but yeah, my thought stats. here is is that it, it it first strikes against Luris, and it first strikes against sure. Dreadhorde. Um, so, and yes, it's probably the target if he has swords, but um, I but you uh, got a big body on the on the uh, dungeoner, so right? Why yeah. why wouldn't you why wouldn't you put it there? That's the way to go for sure. So I'm tanking here. I tap four mana. So four mana means I'm going to play Dungeoneer. Oh, jail, jailer. jailer. I play Jailer. Yeah. Uh, this card, I I think I went back and forth. I think I had Dungeoneer, but 
I didn't want to. Well, maybe I didn't have an engineer. I, I, I don't remember what I had, but I just remember I wanted to take the monarch on camera. Well, <laughs> you, you you get to have to be have the initiative and be the monarch. You know, you're you're really threading the needle between the uh, the most fringe uh, elements in within the game at this point. And look at the giant hole in the battlefield you're swinging through with these creatures with the trap like right around the corner yeah. so, so you know you're is... you're executing the plan yeah and now I you're drawing cards i feel really good about how i'm doing here you see i hold my hand on i missed a lot of triggers uh none in games where it mattered but i definitely missed some triggers and going back and watching the coverage i actually made a mistake in one game it wasn't lethal but it was in the semifinals mm -hmm. and so anyway uh yeah i was like we were trying to think of a good mnemonic to 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 untap the mm -hmm. white because white plume says you can untap a creature in their upkeep and if you've completed a dungeon you can untap all your creatures oh, yeah. uh so 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 the mnemonic that uh Zierneck came up with was uh don't zoom untap your white plume but like <laughs> i just focused on zoom every time and then it didn't get untapped well, and that that's time hilarious. I think I noticed you just had your hand on the tapped creature and passed the yeah. turn and untapped. That's <laughs> I was trying that's to remember. The foolproof one. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Kindly ask your opponent if you could set your creature on top of their library. <laughs> assert dominance <laughs> by. <laughs> yeah. Don't want to forget my trigger. Nice. Okay, so yeah, you just good. attacked for seven, right? A four-three yeah. first striker, and then a three-three dungeoneer. Uh. And he took uh yes well my notebooks are, yeah and it says so nine, nine. And yeah. he's about he's yeah. facing down this lightning axe from the trap right so i think he plays luris here um and then passes i think okay okay here's the luris play mm-hmm so we fetch Loris and replay Lotus. Okay. And then... Get, I think he has the pass, he yeah. Play, he, oh, yeah. So it's the Lotus is the one spell per turn. Yeah, but he, he just... He, there's no there's no Archon. He just he has yeah, to pay he, he for Yeah, he was it. one mana short for getting the, like, Arcanist back. Right. That would have been uh, probably a little more with what he would have wanted to accomplish in terms of getting blockers up. Okay, so he, yeah, he so threw the, the Lava Axe to the head. Lava Axe to the head, and then Dungeoneer, and he scoops the Dungeoneer because it gives one of my creatures right. pro-creature. Uh, yes. And so he can't block it. You know, it's funny that the initiative, uh, gaining the initiative, isn't even the strongest text on these cards. They have very relevant combat uh, abilities. So I look at my sideboard here, and my sideboard is there's nothing in it against him. The only relevant card is Avon Mind Sensor. And I decide that I'm not going to bring that card in because uh, I want the full Stoneforge package with Cauldra. Uh, because I feel like that's going to give me more pressure overall, and I want more pressure. Even Mind Sensor is going to maybe do things against fetch lands. Um, I, you know, I don't think that he's going to. He he will bring in his Mystical Tutor likely, um, and that will you know help me against that. But other than that, um, I don't assume that. Uh, even mind sensor is going to be better than the full stone forge package and right. in terms of what i would cut um i could cut uh things like one loran perhaps um uh and i could cut um uh, i would be cutting stone forge stuff right so right. so overall uh i decide that i'm going to let it ride and i don't believe i, I end up sideboarding anything um i i shuffle my my sideboard Amazing. in my deck yeah. and then just take out the 15 sideboard cards um and then i i think about it and i say that i'm going to 
bring in Mind Sensor in game three if I lose game two. Mm, right. Um, did, you, did you bring in Mind Sensor a lot over the course of the the Swiss? And um, what if you did sort of nab somebody? What's the best sort of search your library card that you? Uh, that I mean, I didn't her, play I it over top of anyone's search card, uh, okay. but I, I I put it into play against Doomsday uh, in round three. Or I mean, round eight in, in my winning in and uh, in game two, and it won the game basically because he couldn't win with both Talia and he if he, oh, he could see. remove one of them, but he right. couldn't win with the land disruption I had um, uh, after Doomsday. He would have to pass the turn, and he was going to then mm-hmm. die to my attack. So it didn't. Uh, it, it it did work uh, in yes. that game. Yes. And uh, uh, interestingly, Aven Mind Sensor is actually a good card in the mirror because it prevents the secret entrance uh, mm, trigger basic. to search your mm-hmm. library uh, for a bit. You can well, you can look at the top four. Right. Uh, so in that situation, it can be a, a gotcha if they need that land because it actually is good fixing a lot of times. And many hands you are keeping based on fetching that fourth land to hit your dungeoneer. Yeah, and even <laughs> even with seven or eight or six basics in your library, a mind sensor is still terror-inducing. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know thoughts on that, but it's... <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> no, no, for sure. <laughs> and that's why I kind of, in hindsight, probably should have gone, uh, gone into the mind sensor uh, sideboard in game two. But I was a little feeling a little good about myself, and I also felt like again, uh, like resolve stone forge mystic and putting in cauldras. Like it's a lot of damage. It's really fast clock. Yeah. And if I'm not drawing the other stuff, um, <clears throat> then uh, and that's going to be a, a good way to win. None of his stuff can block it, and it well, exiles. Uh, that's the other relevant thing is it would mm-hmm. exile any blockers that it dealt damage right. to and and he has a Luris plan so mm-hmm. he's he's very much de-incentivized from blocking yeah and you know what it's funny you can you can see the difference in body language here between hans and yourself you're you're looking very cool and chill you know and he's he's kind of sweating it over there he looks nervous I, I, I see him, I see the nerve, I see his brain just like processing, multi-threading, yeah, exactly. how does this mashup work, what do I need to be looking out for, he's he's like trying oh. to hack the Gibson right now. And it, he had already lost to the deck once already in the tournament. I believe so, um, and I, I don't, again, I just, I don't think his deck was very well set up for it overall. Um... Well, that's the thing about vintage, especially you can't you can't come in and have a pet plan for everything. Mm-hmm. Well, the lack of a combo finish in his deck, I think, really um, disadvantaged him against me, right? Because yeah. he has to play this attrition plan. Uh, he has not a lot of ways to deal damage to the opponent in his deck, right? So, uh, you know, he's got to clear the way with the Arcanists. That's right. And and then get a Luris in that can you know attack profitably. Right. So I feel really good here, um, and I'm hoping that I don't need to mulligan. You see, this? I'm sm- smiling. <laughs> I'm not sure what I we're talking about. I think you know before the match we did talk about the storyline, and I said you know uh, it would be really cool for my deck to win because you know it's a new deck and it's just it's just it's a cool storyline and. Uh, he said, well, you know, it'd be a cool storyline <laughs> if I won because uh, I'm the only person that has three paintings. And I was like, oh, damn. So I didn't realize that before we yeah. had sat down. <laughs> oh, boy. He was an actual end boss. <laughs> Two times, yeah. Yeah. I, I, He didn't say then, but I did find out later they were legacy champs, not vintage champs. Um, I, I, th- I didn't think his name sounded familiar in vintage, but um, in any event, legacy is well, a very he, difficult format as well. He's a champion all the same, and yeah. Uh, but you know, you are you are someone with a with a painting as well. So you know, who's to say? So he he gets to go first, and he does a preordained thing, which his deck likes to do. Uh, I think he did a bottom top top bottom yeah. on it. 
And then uh, here's the power play. I I I got a Lotus uh, in another match in uh, the uh, top eight, a uh, turn one Lotus, and it was bonkers. Okay, so here's again oh, where. Oh my gosh, his but eyes. Th- th- but just if, grow but so if he's, much. this is where again like. Why did he not force the Lotus? Because if I lay a cavern and then play Dungeoneer, that means to me he has a, a swords. Um, you know, I, he he's not hedging against cavern. Absolutely, like that's that's clear. But you know, three ball is an appropriate card to soak up that force of will and and. Yeah, I was happy that the Lotus resolved, and then the Caracas play was to defend against Lavinia. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when it comes down, and but, he really doesn't like Caracas. Um, right. Strip mine, w- you know, is going to do its thing. Yeah, regardless. But I, I, I basically didn't have another white sword. I had white source, ancient tomb, and then I had a play, but then he stripped my Caracas. So I had to just play ancient tomb first. And then I played ancient tomb first because I'm pretty sure I have a cavern. I'm, I'm tanking right. on what to name. Yeah. And I didn't want to get the cavern wasted. Uh, I, want, I wanted him to waste the ancient tomb if he was going to. Okay. So I put it on cleric. Okay. So and now the, I get the choices to fix are my human, mana. human cleric and elemental for solitude. Elemental. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what about a archon? Is archon is the, yeah yeah archon if you have it and, and essentially there's no master plan for this. It's just essentially what you right. have in your yeah. hand. Uh, oh gosh, yeah. I remember. Okay, so I don't remember exactly how this went down, but so I play the white plume, take two. I fix my mana and he swords with my guy. So that's good for him because it keeps me off, uh, you know, attacking him. But he still doesn't, he won't have the initiative. So I'll still progress the dungeon. And this is where things start to get weird. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, it's, you're not incentivized to go to forge, right? You know, without the, without a creature. So it's certainly sensible to go to the lost. Well, it's, you never know when you're going to lose initiative. Yeah, this didn't. I'm trying to recall. I I honestly don't think this happened ever on the day where really? I went down, the, had to go down this path where I was in this position of not having another creature after well, taking the initiative. That's a pretty fortunate place to be because, uh, uh, you know, it's. I'm surprised to hear that. I'm well, what would happen? Well as, yeah. What did happen is that. Um, I was put in this position where I got my initiative creature removed, but my opponent took the initiative. So on my upkeep, I wasn't progressing through the Undercity, and therefore, yeah. when I did, uh, I had a creature had again. Had a creature again the next time. Yes. Okay. Interesting. Well, uh, you know, it's not it's not out of the question that late in a game, you might go into the forge to put counters on your opponent's creature, if then to move for a lethal mm-hmm. lava axe you know uh, uh subsequent from that amazing so he wastes my ancient tomb after expressive iteration i was <clears throat> again if he's resolving expressive iteration in this matchup i'm like probably pretty happy about that right because he's not expanding his board here right. i scry and i'm I forget what it was but i think it goes top top they're both yes bonkers cards All right, so an unprotected Thalia gets yes. through. But it does resolve. And so um, I have something up, you know, that can block, you know, things besides Arcanist. And I believe he plays the Lavinia here next, which uh, certainly makes for an interesting line uh, with going through the dungeon. You know, uh, there's there's only so many instances where you would consider going into the arena. Goad target creature. Uh. Yeah, and and again, like in this, I, I think it's not in this turn, but I think it's maybe the next turn he does it. Here's the treasure cruise. It's the Delvin extra one. He drew so many cards across these matches, and again, I think this is just where. If he had had the four swords or a lightning bolt in his deck, um, you know, drawing all these cards would have been just devastating to me. So, yeah, so, he played the Lavinia, and now I'm asking him. And I'm pointing at the goad, and I say, right. if I goad your creature, does it have to attack me? And he, he says, yeah. 
So I say, okay, I'm going to go with that. Right, right. And and do you do that partially in order to gain access to the archives room? No. Next turn. No, I just want to. I want to. Um, you know, uh, you, cruel you want edict. It off the battlefield. Yeah, I want a cruel edict to Slovenia because it, it's just a way he could get uh, initiative back, and I'm I'm not going to attack into the Lavinia to give yeah. him the opportunity to, because he has he an island in his deck. He's just gonna take it. He wouldn't block. He would take it, so maybe he can take the initiative back. Right. And, uh, well, not, not for that reason, likely. He would just not block, right? But um, now I'm going to make Stoneforge Mystic and pass. So on his turn, he's going to have to attack into the first strike creature. Yep. So again, this is where I guess I get paid off for keeping the Stoneforge package. Indeed because the, the situation that I'm describing is coming to pass, right? He doesn't have a substantial board state. Um, if I put Cauldra in, he has nothing to block with, and it's going to eat the swords if he has it, but he's already spent one. Um, yeah. yeah, swords is really his only out to the Cauldra. You see his face there. Yeah. And he's, he's reading he's it. Frustrated, he's, yeah. He's reading it. He's like, this is, why is there so much text on this card? Yeah. Um, you know, this is not efficiency. Yeah, we, we, we all did it when we saw it. Yeah. You know, it's it's like so many keywords jammed on that thing. It's it's just unreasonable. But right, I didn't know it. it. It doesn't have it doesn't have vigilance. Uh, no, but haste. Yeah. It's, it's haste of all things. Yeah. So now the name of the game for Hans is kill the Stoneforge Mystic. Uh, right. But if he but if he doesn't kill the Stoneforge Mystic, he has to attack with Lavinia. Here, yeah. Which is really awkward for him, and uh, he would want to probably not do that well yeah well the the ship has sailed on that that is absolutely happening but you know it's it's really just a matter of how what kind of removal does he have access to at this point so, right so you when know, i you, played you the hans the, deck uh yeah. i'm sorry yeah i, I, I was, was just, just gonna say you you wait you wasted on the last turn and hit his tundra yeah yeah and people could ask me about that why didn't you okay. cut him off red and in testing, uh, Swords is the only card that matters. Okay. Um, and so how I lose this match is if he can double Swords me on his turn. Mm -hmm. um, if he can yeah, remove Stoneforge and uh, Talia on his turn. I mean, he and then just attack. Um, so here's Prismatic Ending. Okay. And, and this so, actually also came up in testing. So I was like, yeah. this doesn't it's work this way. Sweet. It's in white. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's well, you know point. that's a, I, I, you know it's that's the benefit of having deck lists at this late in in the tournament you know you you don't have to dodge a, a rogue lightning bolt you know an right. underrated card in vintage yeah i was surprised that, that that wasn't there and and i here let him uh take the initiative and enter the secret room entrance uh i know he has an Very island that he could you, fetch yeah. And, and fails he to find. Fails to find. So he has the island in his hand. Mm -hmm. But like he forgot that, or he or wanted to shuffle. I think he just wanted to have a look at his deck and see if the swords were stuck together. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love your cut technique. Take the top half, cut that, put it back. I feel like, I feel like there's a lot of ways you can cheat with the middle card thing. I don't mm -hmm. think any of my opponents were cheats. But I consistently was just shuffling the top half of people's decks um, well, to cut, just as uh, you know, being consistent. No, I don't that's know. good. I, I love that just habit, so that people can't, you know, oh, he 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 told me to skip the cut on that one because he's going to win next turn or something. Try to play consistent. That's, so, anyways, you very quickly remembered forward. your germ token yeah. trigger here. Yeah, actually, after the quarterfinals. Um, Roland found me and gave me a germ token. Uh, he said, "In my in my quarterfinal, there was a snafu with the germ token and misrepresenting it. And uh, essentially, again, it I just turned the the equipment sideways, which I have also since been reminded that the equipment does not tap; only mm -hmm. the creature taps. Right. Uh, and I am basically but a heathen for tapping. We all know what is going on here." <laughs> Again, ask Embrace me how many creature decks I've ever played. Equipment. 
How many sanctioned games of Magic have I played exactly. with an equipment in, in my uh, control? I think this tournament yeah. was the first. Right. Like, how many pieces of equipment in does Raja own? And how many are signed? Now there's, <laughs> so, there's two so, pieces now. So no one had a 4-1 Black Skeleton. So I will. I have to find one and get it signed. But that's yes. the blue card on the ask, field. What the hell is that? Um, so after <laughs> right. I took the initiative back, after I took the too. initiative back, I made a 4-1 Skeleton that had Menace. And uh, he decides he now to attack with Lavinia. Because um, maybe I'll forget that that blue thing is a creature. Um, I did not forget that, and then I blocked. That's what I'm laughing about. And you're loving it, yeah. I'm laughing about the fact that no one has a 4-1 skeleton, and, uh, like, that this match has been on camera all day, and this has never come up. (laughs) Yeah. It's, well, hey, it's, it's super good at getting the initiative back, if you ever lose it. Okay, so he wastes my cavern, and now I have just the planes, and I don't think I get any more lands this game. Uh, I, I'm way, one well ahead. It's... Yeah, I'm one step away from the Throne of the Dead three, which I think should win me the game. And in general, like in the Swiss, I never uh, ultimated the dungeon. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but in testing, like it should win. Um, right. But again, it doesn't always. Fair enough. Oh gosh! And deep, deep, deep in the tank here with a dig through time. You know, it's it's just how many cards can he see? I'm just like, dude, yeah, do do it. Whatever you're gonna like, (laughs) I'm I'm just hanging on here because I I don't I'm I don't feel confident that I'm going to win. But again, like I have a lot of pressure, Uh, so I I'm feeling like he has to answer me at this point. Oh, he certainly does. Yeah. It is on him, and, you know, if anything, you have... After you complete the dungeon, and you still have the initiative, do you go back to the start immediately? Um, When you complete the dungeon, if you take the initiative again, you go back to the secret entrance. So the initiative goes away after completing a dungeon? So, technically, you are in the last room, uh, Uh and on my upkeep, I would go back to the secret entrance. I see. Okay. Yes. Okay. That was. That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. So you you are on the verge of getting a planes in, in two turns. Right. <laughs> so so after the dig through time, he ponders. Right. And Which shuffles. Is, it's, it's too late at that point. Yeah. He, I mean, we did we did say that also. We. I mean, I, it's a joke we always talk about. But like, you know, if your opponent ponders, and uh, you know, that's like. The regular Vince McMahon, but then your opponent ponders and shuffles. That's like the the Falling excited down. Vince Walking McMahon. Down. Yeah, because because yeah. it means they're like not just gonna take oh like oh these are three good cards that I know. They're like I know I don't need these three cards. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a good player and I know these cards are not gonna win, so I'm gonna shuffle. And that's actually like sometimes more scary. So I so flip five how many cards. Do you do you flip six, before you seven? The se- I think it's the eighth card. The eighth card. Amazing. I get to the eighth card before I flip a creature, which is just Talia. Oh my god! And his face just says it all. And the seasoned dungeoneer is going to allow me to uh, uh, enter the secret entrance again, but but unfortunately, I don't have a party member to give right. pro creature and allow it to explore. Um, right. But I feel like uh, I need to just go ahead and. Uh, put this pressure on with the seasoned engineer because it's also going to get three plus one plus one yeah. counters. And so is he frustrated to find that out? Yeah, and so like just in of itself, um, it should. And see, since here's where I take the initiative again because it came into play. So I get a planes, and again, so now his swords is way less good because if he removes one of the fi- the five five guy, I have a six seven guy. Uh, lady dungeoneer um she's very beautiful uh i like the art a lot it's uh, it's oh, yeah. digital art it's epic and you can and after all that i yeah <laughs> after all that i took <laughs> <laughs> 
time. Right, as if that wasn't enough. Yeah, but I mean, he's cast Dig Through Time, he's cast Treasure Cruise, he's pondering, exactly. he's brainstorming. Come on, You're yeah, come on, come on, B-Bird. He's doing, he's doing what he's meant to be doing, he's just not finding the gas, you know, so... You know that's that's the way the cookie crumbles. But and, uh, and now strip, strip mine again. Yeah, strip so mine again. Paying, hitting the white source with the wasteland pays off there big time uh, to cut him to really cut him off at the at the legs. And same thing here. Same thing here. What loses me the game? Double swords. Mm-hmm. Right. So no, exactly. So um, that's that's kind of the uh, the way this one plays out. It's um, unbelievable and. You, you, you have you have you the predator's it. gaze and yeah, it's there's yeah. blood in the water. <laughs> I, again, I know his deck list. I got to play it once. I'm trying to think of what line he has to not die. Oh, there's the island that we knew about. Arcanist. It's a shame that the germ is not a, a cleric or germ <laughs> <laughs> cleric very holy. Is it, uh, is it a Phyrexian now? The germ? germ? I don't know. A 1-1 one, one black, or zero zero black germ. Germ. Think it retcon. Dang it. Okay, so he Not passes, yet. and now I'm going to forge. Uh, I think I forge onto no, I, the mystic. I think you stone forge mystic, because yeah. then you have lethal with any combination. Forge on stone forge. It's, it's only appropriate. Oh, beautiful Ruby mocks there. Yeah. They're all 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 your cards are beautiful, Rasha. Like that was that was never going to be a question, and it's uh, oh my gosh. And oh, here's the, the uh, insult to injury. Yeah, <laughs> insult to injury is, uh, and that's the handshake. And yeah. with that, with that, Raja James is the 2022 North American Vintage Champion. Unbelievable. What a moment. And it's just, you know, Raja, it's just been amazing getting to know you and uh, knowing your passion for the format. And, you know, you're a class act, you're a community leader. So, you know, it's so fitting uh, and and so enjoyable to see uh, someone so deserved, you know, see the success that that they've always uh, envisioned for themselves, you know? Well, thank you, Bob. Thank you. It's been an unreal uh, journey, and I've been overwhelmed with the support from the, you know, folks that have been in my corner, my friends and magic partners, and just the underground community as a whole. It's been amazing. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, man, it's been a joy watching, and you've always you've always been kind of like this shining beacon of positivity in the community for me. You know, I see you posting stuff or in your signature pickups or whatever, and then so all during the day. This is actually my first time watching the finals. I, I, I hadn't seen it until this cast, but all during the day, like the whole Discord's just buzzing. It's like, oh, he's going. He's in the finals now. Yes. Everyone tune in, you know. And I'm like, ah, you made it. You did it's it. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. on that note, I would just. Um, I would just say, you know, that having that coverage was uh, really something that's very priceless to me. And the fact that we can sit and watch it is awesome. So I just wanted to give a shout to Anurag, uh, who, Huge shout out. you know, he spent his and weekend like there uh, making this accessible to people and allowing people to be a part of it uh, from uh, the other side of the world, uh, I know that there was people from Europe and Japan in the stream, and uh, you know, it's really amazing. So shout out to him, and just really, you know, food for thought again on just where we're at and what matters, and that you know, just having that, uh, <laughs> you know, I was it's joking a big deal. with my wife about that. You know, like we're gonna have this big painting and. Uh, you know, the kids might not know what it is, but then we'll have the video at least to be like, well, this yeah. is what it was. This is what yeah. it was about. Yeah, and, and that's, yeah, what, that's, that's what community is about and lore and myth-making. And, you know, it's everyone has a, a chance to carry the torch forward in their own way. And that's what's partly, you know, what's so special about the magic and vintage and old-school communities. And, uh, you know, Raja, you're, per- you're personally... You know, gonna make it possible for for 
more coverage in the future and so kudos to you for for donating your your prizes to this event to the stream coverage team and and the work that they do which was phenomenal all throughout the weekend in both legacy and vintage and it's all it's right. kind of a shame you know I'll, I'll just say this is my personal feelings that it's kind of a shame that you know an individual has to go in there and carry that weight themselves and it's not you know the institution itself but um you know it's definitely in good hands for sure i would yeah, love more start. support from the mothership overall but i understand uh you know where we're at and that's why we just we support each other yeah absolutely well thank you so much for talking with us tonight this was an absolute pleasure um is there anything you want to share just um just thank you so much to lords of the pit for the support and um i look forward to seeing everyone in person again soon uh you know distance is is only so far um and yeah it's it's i'll just say it's still unreal and wild to me that this is going to be something in the history of vintage uh that i'm yeah. a part of it and that's yeah. you know, it's wild to me it's awesome